Well, thank you for joining us for our Good Friday service. Um, we are here um, at a local cemetery for today represents death and Jesus taking death on our behalf. Our text will be John chapter, or rather Luke chapter 23, beginning in verse 32. The Bible reads this, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with Him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified Him. And the criminals on His right and on His left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide His garments. And the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at Him, saying, He saved others. Let Him save Himself. If He is the Christ, the God, His chosen one. The soldiers also mocked Him coming up and offering Him sour wine and saying, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over Him, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at Him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked Him saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds, but this man, he's done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and then Jesus calling out with a loud voice said, Father, into Your hands I commit My spirit. And having said this, He breathed His last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their chests. And all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching all of these things. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council. He was a good and righteous man who had not consented to the decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid it in a tomb cut in stone where no one had yet been laid. It was the day of preparation. The Sabbath was beginning. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. Fleming Rutledge, uh, in one of her books, tells a story about one of her friends who was looking for a new church. And Fleming knew the town in which she was moving to, and she suggested a church by a certain name. And her friend said, oh no, I could never go to that church. And Fleming Rutledge said, well, why not? She said, if I go to that church, 
I'll have to stare at that big, ugly cross that they have behind the altar with that horrific Jesus on it. Fleming said she was taken back at what her friends said. There's a very famous song that we sing in church, and it's called, In Christ Alone. And the lyrics were written by Stuart Townsend. It's literally like the top five most sung song in church. And in the lyric it says, On that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. There was a prominent denomination that was going to be inserting that hymn into one of their hymnals. And there was an uproar about that particular line. So they literally rewrote the lyrics to say, And on that cross, as Jesus died, the love of God was magnified. Now, what do those two stories have in common? Well, they have in common is this. We don't know how to respond to the cross of Jesus Christ. Whether it be Fleming Rutledge's friend saying that she didn't want to stare at that cross, or whether it be that hymn that we sing. You see, we don't know how to respond to the cross rightly. But in the verses that was read to us in Luke's passage, if there's one thing that's true, it's this, that the cross of Jesus Christ requires a response from us. That we can't be indifferent about what's taking place on this Good Friday. The death of Jesus Christ. You see, Luke is telling us something in these verses. He's showing us two groups of people. He's showing us groups of people, number one, who respond rightly to the cross. And those people we see are the repentant thief, the centurion soldier, Joseph of Arimathea, and then the women. They respond rightly. They know what's taking place. Literally, even creation itself in these verses is responding to the cross for it says that there was darkness over the whole land. You see, you and I cannot be indifferent to the cross of Jesus Christ. There's a group who responds rightly, but then there's the crowd. Luke tells us there's also another group of people who have no idea what's taking place. So the question before us is this, how do we respond rightly to the cross of Jesus Christ? And I think there's a number of things in the passage. The first thing is this, is you must resist the crowds. You have to resist what everybody else is saying about Jesus. There's literally what's taking place in these verses is almost like the modern day cancel culture. There's people walking by, jeering at Jesus, spitting at Him. And there's an uproar about this man, Jesus Christ, and what is taking place. You see, the Scriptures teach that the cross is literally a stumbling block to the world. Why? Because it doesn't make sense. There we're confronted with our own brokenness and the depths of human depravity. And we don't like that. And so what the crowd does is the crowd wants to resist the cross. But what we're called to do in order to respond rightly is to resist the crowd. I'll never forget recently, I saw an interview with um, an author who had written sort of a provocative book 
and the interviewer did not like the author in the book, and it was a pretty hostile interview. And then finally, the author of the book said to the interviewer, um, have you even read my book? To which the interviewer responded, well, no. And when I saw that, I thought, that's it. That is the temperature of our culture today. That a lot of people have opinions about the cross of Jesus Christ. A lot of people have opinions about Jesus, but then when you ask them, well, how have you looked into this? How have you studied this? Have you read these verses? You see, it's this. You can't reject the cross of Jesus Christ based on other people's opinions. Jesus won't let you do that. So in order to respond rightly on this Good Friday, we have to resist the crowd. And we have to get honest with ourselves, honest with the Scriptures, and see for ourselves what this is about. The second thing that I see is this, is you must release your ultimatums. You see, the one thief on the cross says this, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him saying, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. You see, Jesus is crucified in between two thieves. One thief responds rightly, and the other one misses entirely what's happening. But do you see what that one a criminal and thief is doing? He's saying, Jesus, if you're the Messiah, if you're the Messiah, then get us out of this situation. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, Jesus, if you get me out of this situation, then I'll believe. See, that's the opposite. What he's laying down at the feet of Jesus and what he's laying down at the cross is an ultimatum. One author put it this way. Do you see the difference between what the first thief says and the second thief? You see, the first thief says, I'll be with you if you get me out of this. But the second thief says, I'll suffer anything if I can just be with you. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to make God the non-negotiable? Until you do that, you can't expect a life-transforming encounter with Jesus. You see, listen, if you come to Jesus on this Good Friday and look at the cross and say, I will follow you if... Whatever's after that if is actually what you're really following. And the whole purpose of Good Friday, the whole purpose of today is what we're called to do is to put whatever follows on that if on a cross and to crucify it. And to say, no matter what, I'll follow you. You see, in order to respond to the cross of Jesus Christ rightly, we have to resist the crowd. We have to release our ultimatum. And then the last thing is this. You must reveal your own brokenness. You must reveal your own brokenness. Look at what the thief on the cross says. But the other criminal rebuked him saying, Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we're, we are getting what we deserve. But this man, he has done Nothing. What is that thief saying? That thief is saying, I am a criminal and I accept responsibility for what I've done. But this man's innocent. This Jesus, he hasn't done anything. And then he says, Jesus, remember me. He confesses. 
You see, I love what John Stott said. Until you see the cross as that which is done by you, you will never appreciate that it was done for you. You see, the good news on this Good Friday, why is it called good? Because an innocent man was nailed to the wood. The good news on this Good Friday is that our good God created the universe. And then He created us in His own image and likeness. And He wanted a deep relationship with us, but we believed a lie. We believed that we could be our own gods rather than worship God. And in that moment, sin entered into the cosmos and it fractured everything. And death crept into God's story. But God sends His only Son to live the life that we could never live and to die the death that we deserved. And that's what's happening on this Good Friday, that Jesus is bearing the penalty of our sins. You see, you can't be indifferent about the cross of Jesus Christ. So just the way that Luke wrote all those years ago, I ask you this question. How have you responded to the cross of Jesus Christ? Are you like that one criminal who is still rejecting responsibility and saying, Jesus, I'll follow you if you do this for me? Or are you like the other criminal saying, I know who you are by the grace of God? If you would just in this moment respond, and maybe you've never responded before. Maybe you've never heard this good news on this Good Friday. Maybe you say right now where you're at, where you're watching this, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit reaching out to you. Would you just pray this with me right where you're at, out loud where you are? Dear God, I am a sinner. And through Your Word, I know that I have fallen short and I accept responsibility for my sin. And on this Good Friday, I put my trust in the cross of Jesus Christ for the payment of my sins. And I put my trust and hope in the resurrection that is to come in a few days. Forgive me of my sins and please grant me eternal life. And I pray this in your Son's name. Amen. If you've prayed that, we would love for you to reach out right where you're at on our Facebook page and shoot us a Facebook message. We would love to hear from you and we would love to hear how you have responded to the cross of Jesus Christ. May we never forget that it's good news because Jesus was nailed on that cross so we wouldn't have to be. Blessings.